As we continue on in our series on burning questions, I am so happy to have my friend James Brown join us and talk about questions that we've gotten. Uh, JB and I go way back in the sports world, but uh, he works at CBS and gets a lot of questions as I do from friends, family members, social media, and we'd love to just uh, explore some of these deep burning questions today. Coach, I am looking so much forward to this. Um, and you and I have talked so often about um, having a ministry platform, if you will, in the media. And that's just as important as any other facet of society as we both try to model Christ in culture. And I am truly grateful for that relationship that the Lord has brought together. No, it, it has been. And I, I'm a very appreciative of that, too. And I'm kind of looking forward to today because you always interview me when I was coaching now I get a chance to return the favor and ask some questions to you as well. So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I know the Bible says, uh, be ye ever ready. So I'm going to do my part and hope that I've been a real good student uh, of yours as well, too. And coach, what would you say are the lessons that all of us can take from what we're experiencing right now as we undoubtedly will get through this pandemic? And again, you and I both are very saddened in heart this is nothing to play with, with how many people have lost their lives. And we are fully mindful of that. But the lessons you feel we ought to learn going through this. I, I think the first one is that God is in charge and we aren't. Uh, that's one thing that this has uh, been made perfectly clear in this. The second thing I think that I'm learning is man does not have all the answers. As we have kind of walked through this, uh, one week they say you don't need masks and you shouldn't wear a mask. And then the next week, well, maybe you should. We've done more research. And um, we our, our knowledge is, is finite and we're not going to have all the answers. So we do have to trust the one who does have all the answers. And then I, I think the third thing is we are starting to see that worldly things don't make all the difference in the world. The things that we chased a month ago that I thought were very, very important uh, we don't even get to do now. And you know what? It's not all bad. We've learned that we can do without some things. We've learned that if God doesn't let us uh, take a vacation, it's not the end of the world. And I, I think that is really what I'm learning uh, in all this, that, that you know, God is the important thing. And all of these worldly things that we thought were tremendous, maybe we've got to put them in the right priority. Coach, I know there's a fundamental responsibility that we have as Christians that we should not lose sight of in this environment. What's the one thing that we ought to be doing towards God or for God in this environment? You know, I really think it's sharing the gospel and spreading the word. Uh, we always think I'm going to have plenty of time to do that. I'm going to have time to talk to my nephew. I'm going to have time to talk to that coworker. Uh, I'll do that next week. And we don't know that for a fact. And uh, I, I love what Jesus said when he said, you know, uh, work during the day because night is coming when no one can work. And all of a sudden night has come to us and we're not able to go. We're not able to, to be out and about. We're not able to visit someone. Yeah, we may be able to call them on the phone. We may be able to FaceTime with them. But uh, it's just a reminder that we need to be sharing the gospel all the time, that needs to be our number one priority. I know that Pastor Craig and that excellent, uh, not only technical staff and the pastoral staff and the leadership that you have there at Grace Family, 
are doing such a wonderful job of being creative in this environment to keep contact connected with the membership there and those prayerfully who are have not made a decision for Christ to come in and examine and see what's working so well there. Coach, what have you learned, Lauren learned, your family during this sheltered end time? What kind of things have come to your mind or come to light that maybe wouldn't be the case because in our regular lives, we're so busy doing everything else? I think uh, what we've learned as a family is uh, what Matthew 6.33 says. Uh, we can have all these different cares and concerns and things that we want, but Jesus said, seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, and all of these other things, I'll get to you when you need them. And uh, we think about all the things we want, all the things we need, all the things now that we can't do. And it just, again, it's a reminder. If we put God first, that's, that's the most important thing. And I think that's what we're getting across to our kids right now, that that's what we have to hold on to. Coach Dungey, as we head down the home stretch here, um, it's not lost on me when you talk about modeling Christ in culture. Uh, and I know Pastor Matt was excited to see this other side of us in talking to people as well. The Lord used you mightily uh, just a bit ago when you got a chance to address both houses of Congress. It's amazing to me that when things are busy, how people find and focus on those things that divide them. But when we get into a serious situation, I think it's like Maslow's theory of hierarchy. When you get into a real tough situation, you go back to the basic things that really speak to answers that you want to find so as to navigate uh, life very well. What was that experience like speaking to both houses of Congress and the message in essence that you delivered to them? Yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. It was a Zoom call, a uh, congressman from all across the United States. And I just talked about uh, what we needed from them. And uh, in this time when everybody is looking for answers, everybody's looking for leadership, that we needed them to hear from God. And uh, I used uh, the book of Acts and where Peter and John healed a lame man. And the man was basically looking for money. He sat outside the temple and begged. And they said, no, that's not what God wants for you. God wants you to be healed. And so uh, they delivered not necessarily what the man wanted, what he was asking for, but what God wanted him to have. And uh, that's what I, I challenged those uh, legislators. Hey, we need leadership now. We need you to tell us not uh, what we want to hear, but what God has for us. And it was a pretty awesome experience. I, I've never been able to do anything like that before. And uh, I felt very, very gratified that I had a chance to speak to our leadership and uh, challenge them to honor the Lord. I was touched to read that the congressman who extended the invitation to you said that he'd watched how the Lord ministered through you for all these years, which kind of gives substance to the expression that's at least credited to St. Francis of Assisi, that more people would prefer to see a good sermon than hear a good sermon. So I praise God for how you have modeled Christ and been consistent no matter through what the circumstances have, have been. Look, the, the, the congregation at Grace Family has probably heard this, but for the many new people who might be listening to this, I think it bears repeating. I love the example because you did study for two years before taking over as a head coach, the book of Nehemiah and the leadership principles from a biblical standpoint there. 
I know we've said it so many times, but again, it bears repeating. Share the story that you gave your team the night before the Super Bowl. But the point that I'm trying to make is that if we at least anticipate it and understand it, we can weather it in this situation as well, too. But talk about what you told your team. We were getting ready to play the Bears. It was Saturday night, my last talk to the team. And, and I said, you know, this has been an up and down year. We've had a lot of big wins. We've had some tough losses. Tomorrow will be the same way. It's not going to be a smooth voyage to, to this Super Bowl championship. We're going to face some storms. And when we do face the storms, we need to come together, keep our focus, trust each other, and just believe that we're going to get through. Well, sure enough, <laughs> the opening kickoff, I made a bad decision to kick the ball to Devin Hester. He ran it all the way back for a touchdown on the opening play of the game. And everybody was looking at me on the sidelines saying, is this the storm he was talking about? But uh, <laughs> we hit it uh, early. And we did. We stayed focused. We stayed together. We kept the faith, and, and we made it through that game. Hey, Grace Family Church. Welcome back to the show where we answer burning questions while eating burning hot wings. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and today on the show, I have one of my favorite people of all time, Pastor Gina White. She is the executive pastor of our children's ministries at Grace Family Church. Pastor Gina, thanks for being here. Now, before we get started, I did hear a rumor that your dad grows hot peppers. This is true. Wow. I do come from a family who loves spicy food. Okay. So my dad does have some, I think a ghost pepper plant. And wow. so okay. yes, spicy so, is not unknown to me. So here's how this works. Four questions, four wings. They start off mild and get hotter and hotter and hotter. Here we go, you ready? Okay. <laughs> okay, so my question for you is this. What is one family habit that you have formed that is worth fighting for for other families. The first thing that pops into my mind is time together, which what a crazy time to talk about that as families are at home with oh. so much togetherness right now. But we really tried to fight for fun times with our kids. Mm -hmm. We really looked at vacations every year, doing adventurous things. Um, Go, even if it was just going out and doing bike rides, really trying to have fun with our kids. That's yeah. great advice. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for wing number two? All right, so you have been in children's ministry for quite a while. I am imagining you've had countless conversations with countless parents. I'm curious what you would say to the parents who have questions for their children, like at what age does my child own their own faith? I love talking to parents about this. I yeah. think it's important as a parent to remember that we are each uniquely created yeah. And um, that the Bible does tell us that God knows us better than we know ourselves and God knows our heart. And so I was seven years old when I made that decision and I remember my dad with me, you know, while I prayed that prayer. But again, I think each child is different. That's great. And you're holding yourself together so well right now. <laughs> <laughs> my question is, are you ready to continue? Because you yes. know what wing is next. <laughs> yes. The infamous the bomb. Oh, there, wow. There it is. My, My mouth is on fire. <laughs> Coach, as I got to know you, and I know we've said this in other circles so frequently, I just realized that there was a second time that I'm aware of that you've been fired. I know you were fired in the football world, but look at how the Lord used that and took you to a higher platform. Pastor Craig had shared that even with you volunteering at the church, you actually got fired from a job, Coach. What did you do? 
Well, my wife, Lauren, as you mentioned, she uh, is all about serving others and she volunteered uh, as a greeter and welcoming people into the church and working in the bookstore. And I felt like I needed to do something to help out too. I could work in the parking ministry. That's something I could do. I could get there early. So I volunteered to help that and uh, it didn't go so well. Pastor Craig said I wasn't doing a good job. And so he had to let me go. Hurt my feelings but I did find something else I could do. So we, uh, we got going, both Lauren and I, in the Wednesday night Bible study ministry. Uh, by the way, which Pastor Craig says, you're doing a marvelous job, but to fill that story out, Pastor Craig said that he actually looked at the minister on his staff who suggested that you be uh, a head or a part of the parking ministry, but you were creating traffic jams wherever you were because people either wanted your autograph or the like. And, uh, Coach, well, I know that's kind of a, a little light levity part of our sermon today, if you will, our discussion-type sermon. Coach, this is a very serious matter, and of the burning questions that we have been getting, one of the toughest is those who say, well, wait a minute, suppose even as a Christian in this environment, I contract the coronavirus and I die. How am I to deal with that? What is that supposed to say about our beliefs as Christians? Yeah, we talked a little earlier about what we should really fear, and God would not want us to fear this virus. Um, he has the answers to that. But what God does say, and what we should fear, is dying without knowing Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Whether it's from the virus, whether it's from any other way, if we die without knowing Christ, then we have a destiny in hell. And that is spoken of, it is documented, it's guaranteed. If we die in Christ, we have everlasting life in God's presence. And that, to me, is the thing that we really need to focus on in this day and time. Well, how can I make sure that uh, if I do die, I'm going to heaven? And that's, to me, what we should concentrate on telling people now. It's very, very easy. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And to me, that is the most important thing that we could get across to anyone right now. It's not how to protect yourself against the virus. It's not how to do all those other things, but it's to make sure that you know Christ and that you are very rock solid certain of your destiny if you should die. Praise God what you said. That is absolutely the most important thing. And I would pray prayerfully that folks would, would grasp the seriousness of that because tomorrow is not promised. We don't know the hour. God the Father knows when that time is. And we should be about making hay while there is light, while we are able to. And God says in his word, it is appointed unto man once to die. After that, the judgment. So the bottom line is we know that when we do die, our spirit and our soul, which are eternal, will go into the presence of the Lord if we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But the second death is that which we don't want to happen because death is defined as separation from God, and that will be eternal. And again, back on Resurrection Sunday, the most significant occurrence in the history of the universe occurred when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. He is the only one in any faith, any religion, however you want to um, define it, who has ever predicted 
that he would be raised from the dead, and in fact, accomplishment. That is unique to the Christian faith. And I pray that even though with you being so blessed to be in the Hall of Fame in football, the highest honor that you will be remembered forever in human terms, that your only focus has been to ensure that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life and to be in that hall. Let me allow you the closing words there, Tony. Yeah, no, I I think you hit the nail right on the head, and that's probably the final uh, just discussion point in all of this. Being a Christian is not going to guarantee that I will not uh, be inflicted with this virus. Being a Christian is not going to prevent me from getting sick. It's not going to prevent me from dying. But what being a Christian will do is give me the confidence that I have eternal life, that I am going to spend the rest of eternity with Jesus. And that's what I need to understand. And if I don't have that confidence, I need to do that ASAP because we don't know what this uh, virus is going to bring to the world. And with us knowing that the Bible does not contradict itself, it is the inerrant word of God. It is consistent throughout from Genesis to Revelation, which, by the way, is where you are carrying us in our Bible study. We now move into Revelation. I must end on a smiling note because there were some on our Bible study call who came on board and asked, Coach Dungey, can we go? Can we go to the book of Revelation? And you and I look with big eyes like, are you kidding me? Do you know how much foundation needs to be laid like understanding an NFL playbook before we can go there? So now we are about to go there. And Tony, the Bible is so rich with uh, spiritual truths. Look, man may um, focus on facts, but the word of God is truth. It supersedes all of that. And I pray fervently for those particularly who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that they understand that this is a truth and to ensure that their name is in the Lamb's book of life so that they will have eternity. Coach, I'll let you close it out. And thank you so much for having me. Well, JB, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, discussing some of these questions that we've gotten and just directing people to the Bible and the answers that we know are there that uh, are true will always be true. Thank you so much. And Tony, God bless the Grace Family Church family. Thank you so very much for this opportunity. Hey guys, thanks for joining us with Church Online. We hope it was helpful. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope that you have a great week. Yes, and don't forget to follow us at GFC Florida. We have updates all week long. Have an awesome weekend.